Boom, there it is, ladies and gents. We're ready to rock and roll. Look, the economy, everything is crashing around you. You want to know how to make your investments maximize during a uh, questionable economy? Well, stay tuned. That means this episode is for you. Let's get this one on the road. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Bros! All right, ladies and gents, let's do this thing. Look, making money is something most people learn to do, but storing it and then investing that money they earn, well, that's not a skill many people learn. Today's guest has over 20 years of experience in the fin- in financial investments and modern wealth management. He has experience with technology investing, foreign exchange currency markets, and even managing hedge funds. If you want to learn some proven modern day strategies to capture wealth and secure a fortune, then this episode is for you. Let's welcome to the show the author of Prohibited Profits, Mr. Seth Maniscalco. All right, my friend, welcome to the program. How are you doing today? feel like I'm at a party. Hey, Aaron, how you doing? Happy to be that's, here. That's the feeling I want to give you. You got a smile on your face. That means I'm doing my job right. All right, let's talk about this uh, money, 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 money. Uh, I teach a class called Financial Algebra, and one of the things I ask my students to do is to go home and ask their parents about the things that we learn in class, and I warn them. Sometimes when you ask an adult about money, they're going to close up, and they're not going to tell you a thing. So if that's the issue, then they can come back to class and ask me. You are in the financial industry. You are one of those unique individuals that people open up to and basically pour out everything that happens in their life when it comes to when it comes to finances. How did you get into this space, uh, and and why are you doing it? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I I think after working so many uh, long days, long hours um, for a Fortune 25 company, doing the 80 to 100 hour work week, you know that grind started to get to me. I'm um, I'm a father of four kids. I got a wife. We've been married 22 years. Um, this goes back quite a few years now versus today, but there was a time where you know that that grind was starting to get to me. Like them 100 hour work weeks. You know, leaving on Monday morning, not getting home till Friday night, sleeping in a hotel all week. That I used to think in my early 20s that that was a great way to be, you know, the the proverbial uh, golden handcuffs, a great job, the white picket fence. And uh, as time went on, I realized that there's a lot of other things that are far more important than that. So I'm not exactly sure when that happened, but there was, you know, an aha moment um, where I realized that I, I could make a lot more money with my investments and leveraging my my money for more money than I could, you know, spending an hour and trading my my labor for for dollars, essentially. So somewhere along that way that, you know, it all kind of clicked and to say, you know what, I'm just going to lean into this uh, and, and do the financial thing. So. So 
like money doesn't make you happy is that what i'm hearing here like i mean i'm assuming that that secure job that security was cool to have right i mean you have a family four kids there's there's something to be said about the security aspect of having that job that you can go to the downside is of course all the extra hours that you're working of course but the security is there what prompted you to go off on your own and and kind of take that leap of faith I would disagree. The security is not there at all. At all actually, um, it's a misnomer. It's it's um, uh, it's not true because you know we the last two and a half years that we went through, uh, a lot of folks lost their jobs, right? I mean, there are people that just mm-hmm. cut. And, you know that that illusion of security is just that. It's an illusion. Um, so it, it, you know you may feel safe, but the reality is that you know you're you're one one weekend or one paycheck away from. From being bankrupt if you lose that job, right? And if you don't have any other backup plan, savings, whatever. Uh, and obviously, I'm I'm painting uh, you know a more disastrous picture, assuming you don't have anything else going on in the background. But that's a complete illusion um, because you're completely dependent on showing up for work, right? Trading your time. There, there's nothing that you can do to get ahead in that situation. You can work, try and work 24 hours a day, but eventually you got to sleep, right? Um, and then somewhere along the lines, I, I started paying more attention to some of these financial gurus, you know, the Robert Kiyosaki's of the world and folks that started to make me think differently um, about how to go about making money versus trading time. And that, that was the big eye opener. You know, when my investment income started exceeding uh, my, my W-2 income, that, that's when I really decided to lean in and put more focus on it. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. The security, it, it, I always uh, tell my students, it's like it's maximum security. You're you're almost guaranteed four walls, you know, a bed, and and uh, you know a couple square meals a day. But you you lack the freedom at that point, right? You're you're literally locked up in this job, and Kiyosaki calls it the rat race. Um, and I'm curious, as you ventured into these new spaces, I, I always hear the dichotomy between the Robert Kiyosaki theories of the world and how he turns uh, and grows his investment portfolios and the Dave Ramsey's of the world where they're, you know, paying everything off and eliminating 100% of your debt. So I'm curious, as a, as a financial advisor, which way do you lean? And uh, it's funny because I think I know what your answer actually is going to be, but I'm curious, which, which way do you tend to lean? I definitely lean towards a Robert Kiyosaki mindset. Um, debt can be a good thing uh, if it's used properly. You know, there's good debt and there's bad debt. I mean, you can, you can watch 100 episodes of Robert Kiyosaki and he'll dive deep into that. Um, but a lot of folks, in particular in real estate and when you're dealing with assets, right, you, <clears throat> you, you borrow against it and then you pull the profit out of the middle. And that's how those guys tend to get ahead. Um, there's nothing wrong with Dave Ramsey, um, but paying off all of your debt can also... Uh, you know, handicap, you can make it far more difficult to get ahead if you don't have a plan and you're not leveraging that. So um, most, most uh, you know, struggling folks tend to listen to Dave and, um, you know, the folks that are investing and have uh, positions in the five asset classes tend to listen to Robert Kiyosaki has been my experience. Let's talk about a typical lifespan of of an individual. And, you know, my kids that I have in class are barely going to graduate high school and they're going to start this new life and career. Uh, In class, I'm trying to walk them through developing small businesses, affiliate marketing, print on demand, stuff like that. Um, And my whole purpose really is, can I get you to set three goals every week and commit yourself to doing those three things and then actually get them done to progressively work towards uh, towards building a business and generating another income stream. 
And and my thought is is exactly how you described. You know, you can go get a job, but that is only going to lock you in for so much. You're only going to get capped at so high that you're going to get to. Whereas when you take control of your side hustles or your other investments, you have unlimited uh, potential. When a young student like that gets started, walk me through that path. You know, 18 years old to 65 years old. What would you recommend to somebody? What what's this? pathway going to look like their financial future going to look like ideally anyways it's pretty simple you know the sooner you get started the sooner you're going to come out ahead i mean compound interest is that eighth wonder of the world you know it's that albert einstein quote uh and it's very true right it can work both ways the sooner you get started the sooner you'll be ahead or the further you'll be ahead the later you get started you're going to be playing catch up right um that's where time and the magic of compound interest really comes into play um, it was one of those for, for me personally, I, I, there were like two moments I really remember, um, where I don't know the, the instructor or whoever was in front of me presented to me and it like, it clicked in my head. It was like, oh my gosh, I, I need to be doing this a different way. Um, and there were two moments there, there was one somewhere, I think it was like 10th grade history class, ninth grade, whatever it was going, going way back now. Right. Uh, we had a substitute teacher that came in and did the, uh, double a penny a day exercise for 30 Yeah. Days. Um, and you know, if you double it, depending on whether it's 30 days or 31 days, it's somewhere between five and $10 million when you double a penny. Um, and all of a sudden it was like, at that moment, I started looking at that. I was like, holy crap. Why would anybody, excuse me, why would anybody want to go to work? You know, yeah. like you get ahead <laughs> that way. Um, so that, that was one moment. And then when I was in the Marines, um, as, as a young, like a young Lance corporal, uh, we had some, uh, captain that came in and, you know, taught like a whatever, a 30 or 45 minute financial planning type class. And we're all sitting in there. Um, and this captain came in and he started talking about 401ks and the power of compound interest, you know, somewhere, I think at that time, this was like, you know, the late nineties. Um, but it was somewhere between eight and 12% interest. If you could average that and, you know, you start compounding these things out and, you know, 40 years later, you, you've got an obscene amount of money just from investing $500 a month. I, I'm generalizing a little bit. I know somebody's probably sitting there with a calculator going, no, that's not right. Um, I'm, I'm going back 25 years here. So bear with me a little bit. But it was the impact of the compound interest that really sparked my brain. Um, and I remember I was living in Japan at that time. And I, I, it was like after that meet, I was 19 years old and I literally went down to the bank and opened up. At that point, it was a Roth IRA, which were the brand new things back in the 90s um, where you could, you know, def take and uh, your income invested into that and then defer the tax payments. You would be uh, tax free exempt because you already paid income on it up, or taxes on it up front before you put it in. If you know the difference between Roth IRAs and regular IRAs. Um, anyway, like that was the moment that really hit me where it struck me. It was like, oh my God, I need to get started like 10 days ago. Um, yes. and that's what I'm trying to get to. Like the power of starting now is huge. Like it, it, what's, what's, um, what's that phrase? There's something, the biggest cost you're ever going to have is the cost of indecision and not doing yes. anything. Um, that's huge. So, you know, the, the big point is to get started and, and get started now. So. Let's talk about the situation that we're in today. There's the, the financial markets are crazy. There's there's the volatility because of our, what happened post pandemic. We had shipping problems. We had all kinds of stuff that started there. We have inflation that's ridiculously out of control right now. There's a lot of fear of what's going to happen in the future because nobody quite knows. But the Fed continues to raise the interest rates as we move forward. 
there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of a lot of skepticism. People just don't know. My father-in-law literally was like, I think I'm gonna go pull my money out of the bank because the the government's gonna take my money from me in the bank. You know, there's a lot of stuff like that. People are fearing things that that are going on. What should we know about the markets today, especially when you have things like you know, people are like, well, maybe I'll just put my money in, in crypto and there's Web 3.0 and there's, you know, stock portfolio, all kinds of different stuff. Give me a kind of little basis, uh, uh, something that I should know about what's going on in the market today to kind of hopefully quell my fears or at least educate me a little bit <laughs> to, so I'm not running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Uh, which markets? I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of different markets. Uh, you mentioned crypto, um, maybe the stock market, futures, commodities, you know, they, all, all these things kind of blend together. Um, but for me personally, volatility is what I look for. Volatility gets me excited. Um, some people don't like the volatility because they don't either have the time to pay attention to it or they don't have the knowledge. Um, and, and they come from a place of fear or a place of, you know, just not knowing. Right. I mean, it's a, a lot of these folks, uh, I don't want to generalize, but sometimes these folks just get into investments because, uh, they think it'll bring them somewhere, but they don't necessarily know what they're doing or what they're looking for. Or they don't do the right research. Um, so essentially they're gambling, right? I mean, if you don't mm -hmm. know what you're investing in or at least have a basic idea of what you're investing in, you're basically gambling. Um, and that's that's for me, like you need to know what you're investing in, whether it's crypto or Tesla stock or futures or whatever it is that you're investing in. You need to have some basic idea of where this is going. If it's a technology, what kind of problem is this going to solve for the world? Uh, you know, uh, what markets are this going to is this going to disrupt or, you know, whatever it is, you need to have some basic knowledge. Otherwise, every time these markets go up and down, you're you're going to you know, you're, you're going to. Uh, you know, your, your butt cheeks are going to clench up a little bit, right? I mean, I'm being humorous uh, for the fact of making a point, but but you're you're going to be scared is what happens. And then and then you immediately pull things. You make the wrong decisions typically when we're scared. Most humans do the opposite of what should be done in the financial markets. And the financial markets were you know largely designed to take money from retail investors. Uh, and a lot of folks don't really know that. Mm. So, you know, learning how to navigate these markets, maybe having a mentor or a coach, somebody who can ask questions uh, to have a better idea of what it is. Yeah, Web3 may sound exciting. NFTs are exciting. But if you don't know the difference between an NFT and what Web3 is and what Ethereum is or any of the other cryptos, you know, there's 20,000 cryptos out there. If you don't know the difference between what these things are and what they're going to bring to the market and the problems that they're solving, uh, you know, you, you, you need a better plan would be my recommendation. Sure. There's people that get lucky out there, but they're the exception. You know, there's a lot of people that, that lose all their money that you just don't hear about. Like Celsius bombing at 99%, 99.99%. Like there are people who went from millions to zero literally overnight. Um, and it's a sad story, but you know, these people didn't do their research. They didn't know what they were getting into and, and they got slapped hard. Um, so for me, I think knowledge and, and knowing what you're investing in, uh, it's not going to guarantee any results. You know, there's no guarantee for future outcomes and payments or none of that. Um, but you'll come at it a from a place of knowledge and confidence. And that will change the game for you as an investor. That would that'd probably be my, my quick and my not so quick answer, but that would be my solid answer for navigating some of these markets knowledge is power and speaking of knowledge you wrote a book uh prohibited prohibited profits tell me about what we're gonna find if we read that book prohibited profits so yeah this um 
this this is uh, my my book that it was we launched this in November here, um, and it's largely based on the financial markets and and in these concepts of investing and getting ahead, where the the job or the job the just over broke is not going to get you ahead. Um, because you're just trading time for money in that scenario. Unless unless you've got a $10 million salary and you're a basketball player, which most of us don't fall into that bucket, um, you're just never going to get ahead with a job. You know, there's the, the only way to get ahead in this in this economy, especially when we're looking at nine and a half percent interest rates per month, right? Per month, not even annually, that's per month. And that doesn't account for taxes. What they what those guys, the IRS is never going to show you the real numbers because they take the taxes out. The real numbers would be about over 20% inflation at this moment. Um, and the banks are paying you, you know, you, you mentioned, I think it was your, your uncle or whatever earlier about taking his money out of the bank. Most banks are paying like, like what, 0.01% interest on your money. Maybe if you've got a really good bank, uh, if you've got an average bank, it's probably 0.005%, right? Um, and that, you, you know, against the nine and a half percent inflation rate, you're losing money at that rate. Um, so the only way to really get ahead is to leverage your money and make more money for it uh, and continue that path. Right. So, I mean, obviously, this is uh, the business bros. Right. Businesses are an asset class uh, because you can make money in your sleep. You can have employees, you know, that 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 wheel or cog is turning while you're asleep. Right. Same thing with the commodities markets, um, the stock markets, uh, the futures markets. And then what I would call the fifth asset class, the new one is crypto. Um, and the only way to really get ahead is to be involved in or in real estate. I forgot real estate. That's the other one. Excuse me. Um, is to get your money in those markets and get ahead that way. There, I have not quite figured out another way. Uh, you know, I don't have an OnlyFans account or anything like that. So, I, you know, I, I don't have that kind of asset working for me. Um, but those are the five main asset classes. And even if you do own an OnlyFans, that would be a business in that scenario, right? Uh, I'm, I'm making a little bit of joke for, for the purpose of the audience here, but that actually is a business. You pay your taxes and, you know, you can file an LLC and, and make some money that way. But I, I don't have one of those. So I have focused on the financial markets and the confidence to leverage my money to make more money that way. Hernan, you're, uh, you're muted, buddy. There we go. There we go. Okay. So you are a true professional. So if you haven't noticed, uh, my power went out mid conversation with you. So the speaker that I, or the micro you're using is not working. It's literally just the computer speaker. Uh, and luckily my lights here are on uh, their own battery mode. So I don't know what happened, but thank you for I, I think it's a sign. I, it, we spoke so much truth into the world. God came down and turned your power off. So he was like, up, no, buddy, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it wasn't even that. It was just politics, right? Where's the conspiracy theories? They don't want you talking about how to help people. That's what it comes down to. Stop stop helping people. You're not making them too people. much money, man. All right. Okay. So let's, let's talk about uh, the investment strategy. So you talked about the different asset classes. Is there anything that you are leaning towards in particular uh, in today's modern market? Is there anything that, that in a particular asset class that you personally enjoy going after? Yeah, there, there's two. Um, I, I'm the owner of Crypto Wealth Coach. So I, the last five years, we've been helping uh, professionally investors get into the crypto markets and make thousand percent gains per year. Um, crypto, I would definitely call one of those. 
Uh, the other one that I would say is the futures market. And primarily for the reasons that I'm going to give you these answers is because of liquidity. How quickly can you take crypto out of the markets and turn it back into cash? Well, it takes about 24 hours, maybe even less in some scenarios. Um, if you're selling stocks and you need to turn you know, your, your TD Ameritrade account back into cash, it's going to take you several weeks. you got to find a buyer for one. Uh, you've got to have volume in the market so, so you can offload your Tesla stock. Then you've got to close out the positions. Then you've got to make a request with TD Ameritrade. Then they have to transfer it over to your bank via bank wire, right? That whole process can take a week, maybe two weeks. Um, if I need to close out my crypto accounts and sell crypto, I can. It, sometimes it takes 20 minutes, worst case scenario, 24 hours. Um, so liquidity for that reason, same thing with the futures markets. Uh, Iron Modern Wealth Management is a futures hedge fund. We pray, you trade primarily commodities, but platinum, gold, oil, RBOB, whatever, those markets, right? The futures markets. Um, but the benefit there, again, is the liquidity. If I close out a position in platinum, like or I, made, I placed three trades earlier. I got my computer set in the background. Um, I placed three trades earlier today for the hedge fund. And when you close out the trades, immediately all that money goes back into your account. And then if you have to um, liquidate, you know, again, it's another 24-hour turnaround before that money hits your account. Uh, real estate, nowhere near that fast, right? How long does it take to close on real estate? It could be 30 oh, days, 45 gosh, days. Yeah. Then it might be another couple of weeks before that money hits your account. You know, it might be a two month process before you can pull that money out and hit hit cash in hand, right? Cash in your palm is liquidity. That's, how, that's how I'm, what I'm using to describe as liquidity. Um, so for that reason alone, I do believe cryptocurrency and the futures markets are far superior to any of the other uh, the other three remaining asset classes in the crypto market there's so many i mean you mentioned there's thousands of different types of right. cryptos that you can get involved in it reminds me of the dot-com era which dot-com do you pick i don't know there's thousands which ones are going to make it through that through that bubble uh my understanding and i don't have a deep understanding of crypto here so help me with uh with my ignorance in this place in this space but my understanding is of all the different types that are out there, they're not all going to survive. You mentioned earlier that you have some that are going to go down 99.9% get hit to zero as fast as possible. So how do you know or you know, which ones do you pick and how do you know whether they're on their way up, on their way down? I mean, you're looking at the volatility. So I'm imagining it's like a heartbeat. What do you look for in a crypto to make it a good investment versus something I should stay away from? Yeah, great, great question. And, and again, um, you know, a lot of this will go in, in into the book, Prohibitive Profits. We actually have 11 fundamentals uh, that we highlight and what to look for and what makes a good investment opportunity. Um, the, the first 10 can apply to multiple other markets. There, there's one very specific to crypto for market caps um, and the, uh, you know, the, the amount of coins that are out there to make it a hard asset. Um, but we, we dive into that book, you know, and, and, and there, there's obviously 11 fundamentals, but, um, from a technology investor standpoint, which is largely what you're talking about with cryptocurrency, it's a technology, same thing with the dot-com market, right? It was a technology mm -hmm. market and these things are wildly volatile for the reason you mentioned earlier. You know, you, you go back and a lot of people will tell you, oh, well, what if you put a thousand dollars into Amazon, you'd have, you know, a hundred million dollars or whatever those crazy numbers are that people like to tell, put out there. Never mind that not a single one of those people put a thousand dollars into Amazon right. 20 years ago, right? It's always, I find those things hilarious. Um, but 
that is the that that's the thing there right so when you're looking at technology markets what market are we going to disrupt here is this going to be a disruptor what is going to make this particular coin the answer that that bitcoin isn't the answer for or that ethereum already hasn't solved you know what what makes um this particular coin better and what's going to make everybody want to gravitate to this right what's the problem that it solves is the main thing um and then just getting ahead when you're talking about technology investments your time horizon should be like 10 years you know mm -hmm. if you're looking to make money in the next 10 days on this um you know, it's it, it. You should be looking at different markets, more regulated markets or standard markets like the stock market. Cryptocurrency, you need a. I would suggest like a three to a ten year time horizon. And whether it goes up and down wildly, like you said, is it, it shouldn't even matter at that point. I would say take a very small amount, hundred dollars, maybe a thousand dollars, depending on who you are and what your budget is. Um, and put it into some of these cryptos. You know, I, I you know, if, if, if you're going to be a crypto guy, probably more than half of your um, balance should be Bitcoin, which is the king. Bitcoin's not going to go anywhere. Uh, it's not going to disappear in the middle of the night like Celsius did. Um, you know, it's it's not going anywhere. So in, in order to diversify your risk, I would still keep the majority of my money in my uh, Bitcoin or Ethereum. However, taking much smaller positions on a coin that can potentially do 200x or 2000x on a thousand dollar investment is huge right um and that's more along what we would call a speculation strategy and it's based on some of those 11 fundamentals what are we going to disrupt what are the answers that this particular coin is going to bring to the market um who's backing it do the does the ceo have any experience or did he just shut down his plumbing business and does decide he's going to be a crypto guy right there there are some you're laughing but there are a lot of twenty thousand cryptos probably about nineteen thousand of them are falling into that bucket somebody thought they could just make magic internet money um so we're being a little bit funny here but but the bottom line is do your research right what what is the technology of their blockchain is there something different and new and inherent here that bitcoin doesn't bring to the table um, you know, like what makes the, we don't need Bitcoin 2.0. If you're going to come to me and say, I've got Bitcoin 2.0, you should really invest in this. I, I'm going to shrug my shoulders and say, I really don't care. Um, it needs to be something better than Bitcoin. It has to go to the next level, right? Bitcoin's already king. It's already here. There may be 10 minute blocks. It's not the fastest thing, but it does work. And it's, you know, like an $800 billion market at this moment. Uh, maybe a little bit less goes up and down. Mind you, don't don't quote me on that. But it's huge. Um, it, it's bigger than some small countries. It's not going anywhere. Some of these other small coins that are going to have even you know the, the smallest remote possibility to do that take smaller positions, and that way you will reduce your risk. And if you lose a hundred bucks, a thousand bucks, which again will be a very small percentage out of your investment portfolio, right? It's not the end of the world. It's not a big deal. But if those things do take off. They can far exceed, you know, your 200% a year in Bitcoin, which is typically what we see. So, uh, and you're making me feel better. So I'm, I've been dollar cost averaging a couple hundred bucks in Bitcoin, a couple hundred bucks in Ethereum uh, for the last uh, couple of years. But the speculating kind of caught my attention here. So when you're speculating on some of these companies, when you're looking, doing some of this research and you find one that you want to invest in, would you suggest a dollar cost averaging on those or just a straight here? Let me drop 500 bucks. Let me drop a thousand dollars and then kind of wait 10 years. Or like, is it something that you want to kind of keep an eye on and drop a little more as it grows? Um, 
you know, dollar cost averaging is not the worst idea. It's a great idea. Um, and, I, and my answer would be, I guess it, it's going to be, it depends, right? When, when you're, when, when you get involved in an investment, you need to reanalyze those investments. Um, you know, whether you bought it 30 days ago or three years ago, you should always look like, is their roadmap still on path? Have they changed what they're going to do? Um, th those kind of things do happen. Maybe the CEO got fired and they got a new guy in there. Maybe they changed their technology. I have no idea, right? The point is to go back in and what you invest in 30 days ago or three years ago may not be the same uh, you know, um, ROI potential that it was when you first got in. So I would say you need to reevaluate that. Um, if it is still the same potential or a better potential, then yeah, why not? Why not dollar cost average? I don't see anything bad in doing that. I would just say don't blindly dollar cost average into something that is a speculative position has much more risk. Bitcoin, Ethereum, you know, the, the top 10 coins. Yeah, you could you could dollar cost average and not have to worry or lose too much sleep over that. Again, because your time horizon is a little bit longer on crypto. Um, but, you know, if we're looking at speculating and we're talking $100, $500 in that particular coin, I would say just put it in. And then our strategy is we actually look for um, triple digit gains. <clears throat> we look anywhere from a 200% to a 300% return on just for round numbers, say we put $1,000 in, right? So a 300% return on $1,000 would be $3,000, right? Now your account's 3,000. And what we recommend at that point, and, and this this is not very outlandish for crypto because crypto does go up and down. We see 100% gains frequently. It's it's not out of the ordinary in crypto because we're looking at some of these smaller numbers, right? Penny, penny cryptos, if you will. Um, it's very important to make sure that you're paying attention to that. And if if it does hit 300%, what we typically recommend for our investors or what we do in our hedge fund is we pull that investment capital back out, right? We pull that thousand dollars out back out and we, we withdraw one third. And at that point, you now have a zero risk position. I hate to make those kind of scenarios because it, you know, <laughs> you know, people get confused with gambling, but you're absolutely right, Hernan. Like it's at that point, you have no risk. It's house. Mo most people understand house money. Um, and I, I just, I just, I, I always get concerned I know, I get about it, I get gambling it. and investing, but you're, you're absolutely right. And at that point, even if that $2,000 goes to zero, who cares? You didn't lose any money other than your time, maybe to place a five minute trade. Um, or if it goes 2000% to a million dollars, again, you're not going to be losing sleep over this because it's house money. You're not going to be checking your phone every 10 minutes. You're going to have a relaxed state of mind because you protected yourself at that it, th these are the fundamentals that you need to follow. Um, and then again, once we get to that point, then we look at a thousand percent would be our next take profit point. And these are very specific to technology investing and speculative investing. So you, you can't really have the same strategy with stocks and real estate. This is very you know niche dependent. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you, you kind of mentioned, I know we're running low on time here, but you mentioned the regulated markets, right? When we're talking about uh, stocks, for example, you got the SEC who's who's there to make sure things are, are done correctly, that the companies are operating with gap principles, like everything's in place. Um, and people tend to love cryptos because they're not as regulated.
mean we don't have access to a lot of the same information like when we're doing research and we want to find out about the ceo we want to find out about the companies uh you know where they're going and how they're doing is it less uh likely that we can find that information because of the lack of regulation or is there still that uh ease of finding that kind of info you you can find that information absolutely if you know where to look uh, most roadmaps are online you can get white papers online for me i actually use linkedin as, as a primary resource to go out and find the executive leadership team of these particular coins and, and then i go out and talk to them i'll start messaging these guys hey what's going on you know just are these real people or sometimes in the crypto world what we see is you know people use fake images they'll steal an image from a website and part of this is all you know my my uh, research to make sure that we're you know before i put any money in is this a real company do they have a roadmap do they know where they're going do they have a vision etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, but LinkedIn can be a valuable resource to actually reach these people because in, in a new technology startup, most CEOs and, and, you know, they're excited about this project. They want to tell the world what what problems they're solving. So most folks at that level are, are happy to talk to you a little bit. Um, you know, you're not you're not going to get Elon Musk at Tesla. Right. I mean, he's not going to answer your LinkedIn messages, obviously. So th there's some difference between the regulated market and the crypto market and and in that it, it has to do more with the size of the company and who has time to answer questions like that so startups can be far more accessible um and then one of the other, the main difference i brought that point up actually is 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 the numbers is the roi potential you know 20 percent in the stock market a year is a good year most people would tell you you're crushing it 20 percent crypto you know 20 percent. no no one even sneezes over 20 200 people don't even get excited yet right i mean that that was the comparison i was trying to make from from a volatility and roi standpoint all right man well said you've been a great guest on the program i learned a little bit more about crypto markets what should it be looking for um, if people want to reach out, talk to you, work with you, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, I'm on all the social medias. You can hit me up on my on my SethManiscalco.com. Uh, the email goes to our inbox. And uh, yeah, reach out. Don't be shy. Sweet, man. Well, hey, man, thank you very much for being on the program. Uh, one last thing uh, that I ask, I ask all our guests. Um, you've been on a number of podcasts, I'm sure. You came from Todd. Big shout out to Todd Armstrong, by the way. Uh, what was your experience like on the business bros? It was outstanding. I had a great time. Uh, very grateful for the opportunity to be here, Hernan, and looking forward to next time. Sweet, man. And ladies and gents, sorry about the sound. Life happens. I literally have no power. We're on battery power and I got a four o'clock show as well. So I'm going to store, I'm going to save as much battery power as I possibly can. Seth, thank you very much for being on the program. Ladies and gents, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast, but not just any podcast, podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today. Business.